classes in memory of Jared Orchen, and today we're going to learn the Aftorah of Parshat Emor. And it's at page 1173. The Parsha of Emor speaks about the coins. The Aftorah also speaks about the coins. Just like last week, 1173, yeah? Mm -hmm. Just like last week, it was on the book of Ezekiel. This Aftorah is also from the book of Ezekiel. It was a prophet, as we said last week, in Ne'arkvar. In he was in the, in the exile in Babylon. He, on one hand, inspired the Jews to move on and live a normal life in Babylon. On the other hand, he, told, he, he, would, he tried to explain to them then what happened, the destruction of the temple is not just an accident, it's because the Jewish people didn't behave. That's why it happened. And therefore they should, everyone should take a personal, personal responsibility to, to, to change himself because this will bring the coming of Moshiach. And in his book, he wrote, he wrote also, he describes the building of the final temple, of the third temple. Actually, what happened in the second temple, even if it was before the second temple, Maimonides decides that the second temple was built like the first temple, with some changes according to Ezekiel, but not completely according to Ezekiel. Now, in this Aftorah, he is speaking about the Kohens and the Levites, B'nai Tzadok, who came from the Tzadok family. Well, the Tzadok family. They were the priestly line that allied with King David and then King Solomon. Easy for him to say. Uh, okay. In King David, you know, we'll start the king goes back and back and back and back. It's like it's like no end to it. But we'll start with King David. King David, when he he had two coins, two big coins, known coins in his camp. Tzadok. And what was the name of the other Aviatar. guy? Aviatar. Very good. Right. Wow. And uh, who was Aviatar? Aviatar? Who was he? Uh, he was another, uh, he was in favor of uh, Yeah, but who is he coming king. from? You uh, remember Eli? The, which? Eli, Eli. Mm -hmm. We all know about Eli. Mm -hmm. Eli had two sons, right? Chofni right. and Pinchas. Chofni right. and Pinchas were not... Uh, good guys, right? They were uh, eating the meat and they're taking the meat, they did this and they did a lot of... If you take the text the way the text is written, they would go to jail today probably. Hofni and Pinchas were killed. They took the Ark of the Covenant to the war, right? And they were killed in the war. What happened to the kids? The kids were, later, what happened after, after the temple was destroyed in Shiloh? That was the story that the temple was, where was the temple moved to? What was the next place the temple was? No. In Nov. Who were the coins in Nov? The children, the grandchildren of Philip. Achimelech, right? What happened to Nov? King Saul was fighting King David, running after David, right? And David ran away and he came to, to Nov. And he asked from the high priest to help him. Right. And the high priest helped him. And Doeg, the Edomite, overheard the, the, the conversation. And he, to, and he reported to, so, to Saul. Right. And what Saul did? 
He went after. Killed all the priests. Yeah. He killed all priests. No, it's just such a terrible thing. You cannot even realize. Like 75 people, something like 85 people. 85. Then the one of the, no, the redeeming part of the story, why they deserve to die, is because God told Eli that you, the sentence will be erased, something like this. He used to say, because his two sons were not treating the people in the temple the right way, the women at the temple the right way, they, they don't deserve to continue. Then, basically, how would God allow that Saul should kill all? Because that was already a punishment from before. One child survived the massacre. Eviatar. Now, King David felt guilty because because of him, the whole Nov, the city of the coins, were de destroyed. That Eviatar was close to him. And uh, that was Eviatar. And Tzadok was close to him. And King David had a very colorful life with the, with the, the rebel, rebel, revolutions against him. Who was the first one to rebel against him? Absalom. Absalom. Absalom rebelled against David. Eviatar and Tzadok were on, were on uh, David's side. And they were running away with David. And Eviatar, I think, tried to ask, David wanted to ask something Hashem by the, by the, by the breastplate. And Eviatar did not get an answer. That King David understood right away. He told Tzadok, and Tzadok got an answer. That he understood right away that this is it. That Eviatar is out. God doesn't speak to him anymore. That he's not really, he's not, he's not material for being a high priest. Then he continued, he sent him, he sent him to spy against the, of Absalom. And he, it was all good. He kept him around them, but it was already not the same. All life passed. Absalom rebelled right at the beginning, right? And what happened in the, la in the last part of his life? Who rebelled against King David? Amnon? No. Yeah. It's Aftorah. Aftorah, Aftorah. After of Parshas Vaichi. We actually learned it. No, it's not after of Parshas Vaichi. Um, um, no, no, it's after of Parshas Chaisor. That Sheba got the commitment for Solomon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because David yeah. was dying. Yeah, before David was dying, was a son. Who won the crown himself as a king? Yes. yes. What was his Adonisia. name? Adoniao. Very good. Adoniao. On page 1069, Adoniao appointed himself as a king. And Nathan, a number 1069, number 11. You want to read? Then Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adoniah, the son of Shagith, reigns, and David, our Lord, does not know it? Now, therefore, let me give you counsel that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go in at once to King David and say to him, Did you not swear, my lord the king, to your maidservant, saying, Indeed, Solomon, your son, will reign after me, and he will sit in my throne? Why then does Ananiah reign? Then while you are still talking with the king, I will come in after you and confirm your words. 
Okay, before that, um, if you go one page before, um, a number seven. Uh, well, actually, from number five, five, you want to read? Then Adonia. Then Adonia, the son of Hagit, uh, Page 1067. Himself, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. One seven, seven. Page 1067. Everybody has it? Okay, go ahead. And he provided chariots and horsemen for himself and 50 men to run before him. His father had never grieved him, saying, Why have you done so? Moreover, he was a very good-looking man, and he was born next after Absalom. So he conferred with Yoav, the son of Sururia, uh, and with Eviatar, the priest, and they followed Adoniah and... Eviatar, the priest, followed Adoniah and... Continue. But Sadok, the priest, Benayahu, the son of Yehoida, yeah, Yehoida, uh, and Natan, yeah. the prophet, Shimi and Ri, and David's warriors were not with Adoniah. That here that, that started the whole thing. Eviatar went with Adoniah... And Tzadok stayed loyal to David. The Viata was with David to how the take everything. He was went through with him all the time. But then it came to the last few days of David, he joined the wrong camp. Why he joined the wrong camp? Because already by Absalom, David already saw that he doesn't God doesn't speak to him and he started to push him, push him out. And he was not the high priest by David, whatever it meant at that time to be the high priest, because it was not temple really officially, but he was a high priest. It was Tzadok. That he felt by David he has no chance. Maybe by Adonia, if he joins Adonia, and Adonia becomes the king, he will become the high priest. And then by the end of the Torah, they mentioned it again. What happened? Who became later the king? Solomon. Then Solomon, he killed Adoniah, right? And he killed another few people who were with, with him. But Eviatar he didn't kill. He told Eviatar, you won't, you carry the ark of God in front of my father. You stood on my father's side in very hard times. And he kept him, he remembered the kindness of him. But he didn't kill him, but he sent him to a place, Anatot. Who was coming from Anatot? Which prophet is from Anatot? It's a Bible contest now. Huh? And I thought you know. And I thought. Not far from Jerusalem. It's written about a certain prophet is coming from Anatot. Huh? No. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Beautiful. Jeremiah is coming from Anatot. I think Jeremiah was a coin, no? Ezekiel was. Ezekiel and Isaiah was a coin. Jeremiah was a coin, I'm almost okay. sure. Yes. <laughs> I think Jeremiah was a coin, yeah. Jeremiah coin, yeah. Jeremiah was a coin. I think it's from the from this descendants. In any case, Tzadok went on the right side. You know, it's all about in the last minute to hold down the last minute when everything you know, all looks good in the other side, to stick out, to stand by, by, by your beliefs no matter what. Even though it's so cool and it's so popular to go in the other direction, to hold on to it, that's real loyalty. That's the hardest time. You know, it's like the last part of the night is the hardest time to keep your eyes open. You already have it's everybody you want to sleep in. If you're able to hold on, then you make it the whole night. 
Tzadok made it. And now, in the beginning of this chapter from Ezekiel, he speaks about the Kohens who were worshipping idols. That when, the, when they will build the second, second, the next temple, the, the final temple, says they will not be the one who offer sacrifices. They can be the custodians, but not offer sacrifices. Who is going to offer sacrifices? Bnei Tzadok. The son of Tzadok. These guys will be by me because they, not only because he was loyal to King David, here you need to understand Ezekiel is after the destruction of the first temple. It's 500 years after King David. The, people, the kids, the sons of Tzadok throughout the first temple, when it was, you know, the first temple, the in thing to do was to worship idols. That was, everybody was a part of life. As I, if you're a Hebraman, you worship idols. As today, people have a star, such a strong desire to, for money, that's the idol. People will do almost everything for money. People did almost everything for idol worshiping. It's, it's not, a, no, it's a, it's, we cannot relate to even today. Idol worshiping is stupid. What's wrong with you? There's a story about the Talmud. Uh, one of the rabbis sitting up, Yuda, I don't remember who it was, he says tomorrow, they will speak we'll speaking about our friend uh, Jeroboam. Right? You have a man of what? That he came to him at night and told him, I'm your friend. <laughs> I'm your friend. Yeravam came to him in the middle of the night. He says, he started to show him that he, what he was teaching in Yeshiva, he did not the laws. That he says, if you're such a great scholar, why were you worshipping idols? He told him, if you be in my time, you would be even a better job in worshipping idols. Then, that was, that, that was, uh, that, that was the culture. Idol worship and the children of Tzadok never worshipped idols. Then the first Kohen and the first temple, the first high priest was on the children of Tzadok. The first Kohen and the second temple was also from the children of Tzadok. And the, and the Kohen and the third temple, the high priest, will also be from the children of Tzadok. In general, it's accepted that the high priest throughout the temples were from the descendants of Tzadok. Why, why did Ezekiel kind of get the call on that? Because the Bible never says, uh, or at least Tanakh ever, uh, or Torah never says, uh, the one group of priests over another. You're right. Then that's normal that the, the prophets should... Uh, they refine it a little bit. but uh, they, they give you, go into more details if you want, because it was more practical. Also, it's interesting, Ezekiel, spoke, Ezekiel was in, in, in Babylon. He speaks about the temple, like in five minutes, they're going to Jerusalem to build a temple. He wanted to show to the Jews that building the temple is a reality. It's not like sitting in America. I don't know about a temple now. What temple? When temple? The temple just was destroyed. We are in Babylon, miles and miles away, hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem. But it, was, it made it reality. I mean, that's that why he went. And it, now, the children of Tzadok alone is a descendants of whom? You go all the way to the top. Yeah. Eren, yeah, but from where and Eren had two son? sons. Yeah, Elazar and Itamar. <laughs> from which son is, is it Tzadok? Elazar. From Elazar. When Elazar, who, who took over, who was the second high priest? Elazar. Mm -hmm. uh, Eren went up to the mountain uh, Orahar, right? And he took off the clothing. Uh, Moses told him, take off your coat, put it on his son, he put everything on his son. And by then it was established that from this son will come out all the high priests. 
For a while they lost it. Oh, well, who was the son of Elazar? Pinchas. Pinchas. Pinchas with the whole story with, uh, with uh, what's, his, what's her name, Zimri, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then he became high priest. And Pinchas was the high priest. Until what happened? Until it was a time in Israel. You know there is a story in the book of Joshua, Pelegesh Begiva, about a woman who was raped, and he, would, he cut her off into pieces and sent her to the whole Israel. Benjamin. Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, yeah. And it was a big war. The, 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 there is a book mentioned, I mentioned it a few times. It's a, called a book, it's called Tonot Velio. The teachings of Elijah to a rabbi in the Talmud. In this book it's written, then why the whole war took place? Because Eli- Pinchas was not going around from city to city to teach Torah. Now what happened? When the Jews were in the desert, everybody was together. They were all in one place. It was beautiful. Life was good. Then they came to Israel. They spread all over. Was not rabbis everywhere? Who was the job to have rabbis? Who were they supposed to be the rabbis? Yeah. The coins and the Levites. You know, the coins of the Levites, that's what we're going to learn in this, in this Aftorah. How much of a coin and a Levi had an opportunity to serve in the temple? How often? There were 24 groups. King David established 24 groups of coins and Levites. Every group served in the temple a week. That means if you have 24 uh, groups, how many weeks do you have a year? Two. Two weeks a year, right? From this group alone, the, the, the group, let's say, what, 300 coins, they divided them for days. That every coin had one day a chance, two days a chance in the, in the, in, in the temple. In these two days, it was a raffle. There is 100 coins, there is only, we need only 30. What are you going to do? They used to raffle this to, in the beginning, it was, it was a race, the one who runs up the, 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 the altar outside and once a coin stabbed another coin, it was Freilach. And they changed it to a raffle. It shows you that even if you're in the, in the, in the, in the, in the temple, your Yetzirah goes with you to the temple. Your evil inclination goes with you. You don't leave him alone. He's joining you in every journey. Then you're talking about in a good day, two days a year, you had a chance to be in the temple. What did you do the rest of the year? What was your job? The job was to be teachers. There were 48 cities designated for Levites and and coins around Israel. They were like educational centers. There were people who went to learn Torah. That was the job of the coin. So they taught oral Torah as well? Sure, they were Mm -hmm. supposed to teach oral Mm -hmm. Torah, yes. Then Pinchas did not live up to, to his potential. That Elijah the prophet says that the whole bl- 70,000 people died in the war in B- between Benjamin and the other tribes. It was a civil war between uh, Jewish brothers. He said he all blamed on Pinchas who didn't go around in the cities and, and teach Torah. The Rebbe once told it to one of the Chabad, the Chabad rabbis in Israel. He told them, you see, he pointed on the book in his, in his room with all the books. He says, in this book it's written that if the rabbi doesn't go and pick up his is like fold, and used to go long coats. Fold up his coat, belt yourself with an with a iron belt, and go from place to place and teach Torah. That means to say the rabbis cannot wait for Tuesday, 8 o'clock, that people should come to them. They have to go out and reach out to the Jews who don't know they have to come and to teach them Torah. 
that I point you all of you to be my messengers. <laughs> We're taking a show on the road. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, Pinchas lost it for a little because of this. Pinchas was not the continue. The next priest was not from Pinchas' family, but later it went back to Pinchas. I was going to ask, since you were mentioning Pinchas and Eliyahu, isn't there a midrash that Pinchas... Pinchas is Eliyahu. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eliyahu is a reincarnation of Pinchas. The spirit, yeah, the nesham of Pinchas. Pinchas is Eliyahu, yeah. Isn't there also a midrash that he didn't die? That he Elijah, didn't, Elijah. Yeah. Not I, Pinchas. Pinchas, okay. So Elijah, I, Elijah. I, I, Eliyahu, yes. Actually, that he, he didn't die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really, it's interesting. So, we say so it's, it's not that Pinchas became Eliyahu. Over the years, it's that, that no. he's reincarnated. He's reincarnated. Elijah is a reincarnation of Pinchas. Really, it should be Elijah is Pinchas. The way it's written is Pinchas is Elijah. It's a strange thing about it. But yes, there is a connection there, absolutely. And uh, Elijah was actually going around and told people that they're doing wrong, but he did it in a little angry way. He was a little harsh. And that's why he's to come to every breeze and this to smile to every Jew because he was a little. <laughs> And the and the archer side, he was like a Bechamai type of guy. Now we can go to the now that we know who is Sadok and what they, they were the people who were loyal to God. Now we'll start to read the after on page seven, 1173. Yes, please. But the Levitical priest, the son of Sadok, who went the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near to me to minister to me. Okay, let's stop right here. He says, the children of the son of Tzadok, who they kept the, the, they kept the children of Israel. When the rest of the children of Israel left me, they stayed loyal to me. They, continue, and they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, say God the Lord. They shall enter my sanctuary and come to my table to minister to me. And they shall keep my charge. They should come to my table. What's the table was doing in the temple? What was the job of the table? Showbread. 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 Which side of the table, which side of the temple was the table, was, was inside the sanctuary was three things, right? The menorah, the table, and the and the all the altar that you offer uh, incense on it. Mm -hmm. Which side was the table? Which side was the menorah? You talking about left, right, north, south? <laughs> There's no left, right, north, south. There is north, south, right, and east and west. The right was east, I think. North. North, right? The table was in the north. Then that's why anybody who wants to uh, to become rich should go to the north, so to speak, the Talmud says, because the table was in the north. The job of the table was to bring everything in the table in the temple was representing something. The table of bread was to bring final success, parnasa to the Jews. Then uh, says, who can go to my table? Who can reach to the table, who can become rich and not go wrong? The children of Tzadok, because they were so dedicated, they will not go in the wrong way. They will, you know, sometimes when a person is successful, he goes astray. The children of Tzadok, they can go in the right way, nothing will happen to them. Now it says in number 17, when they enter... The gates of the inner court, they shall wear linen garments. Linen garments. Why linen? 
Why not um, wall? Itchy. <laughs> <laughs> You're very practical, I must say. Wall is an animal and linen is plant. Right? Yes. Wall is animal and linen is plant. So, what is the color of linen, by the way? Yeah, Anybody off knows? white. Off white. And wall? Whiter. Whiter. And we have a problem here. Linen, what does the what does the priest used to wear? What what was the, the, the clothing? White. Rob. But made of what? Linen or wool? Linen. Only linen? No. no. They had a combination of both. But the high priest and used to enter the Holy of Holies, yeah. only linen. Yeah. Pure linen. Pishtan, Pishtun. Why? It's written in Kabbalah that linen represents chesed. And and wall represents gvura. Then usually, the coins have a combination of chesed and gvura. It's a whole thing in Hebrew. Sheish is, uh, is, I think, linen. In any case, chesed and gvura. Why, we have, why the coins need chesed? It was mainly linen, a little bit of wall. Why you need a little bit of gvura? A little bit of... Uh, what's gvura? Gvura is, is uh, judgment. Chesed is kindness, right? Why we need a little bit of judgment? What do you think? To temper, to te yeah. to temper the, uh, the kindness. kindness. Well, there's a balance. Justice oh. and mercy. God does both. We have to do both. Okay, you so know where we see it? Justice a little and bit. compassion. Oh, it's, in general, there is a concept of giving to the evil side something. If you ignore the evil side, they will eventually jump on you. Even, you know, you have to, even in, in politics, they pay off the other side a little bit to keep them quiet. You understand what I'm saying? If you go, what happens? When is there, a, a, what happens in, in, in Washington today, there is, you cannot accomplish anything. Why? Because when you don't give the other side something, you get nothing. The same thing is, is where we see it in Judaism, this concept. Oh, that's what he taught me two weeks ago. He bought me a Ranban. Later I saw it in many places. We have two Anyum Keeper. We have two gods, right? Uh -huh. One god to God, one god to Azazel. Well, we need a god for Azazel. Azazel. Where is Azazel? God knows. You throw him off the, the cliff. It's giving the other side something. Giving Klippe something. It's called in Hebrew, Yenika. Yenika means... Uh, a place for them to, to, to soak something, to get something also. It cannot be perfect holy. In, the Moshiach will come and be perfect holy, but now there is always an, the other side. The way to get rid of the sins, to, he takes, goes to the desert. And okay, he, why do why you need to get, take the ghost to the desert to get off of the sin? Why not in the temple is the place to atone for the sins? It's kind of giving the other side. A, an, an there's earth. a dualism there. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's you see, it's dangerous when you go right. with this line because you can right. you take it a little. Yeah, but because Hashem has to be perfect. You can't attribute that evil in the world of Hashem. No, no, no. Evil comes from Hashem too. That's what, why it's dangerous. This thing, evil right. comes if there if there is something who is not connected to Hashem means God is not God. If right. there is any identity, right, which on its own. That we have a power. Must be that this is from God too. But in the world of God, there is where God is revealed, 
Emery is God is completely unseen. That the evil kind of things covers completely this, the sight of God, the light of God. In any case, when Moshiach will come, he speaks about the coins will be only, only um, linen because they don't have a need. There is no evil. The evil will be eradicated from the face of the earth, right? Um, uh, when it's written, when, when Moshiach will come, there will not be any more evil. Then at that time, it can only be linen. That's, by the way, is an explanation. You know, how you bury somebody? What do you tell them? Linen. Because he needs chesed. He needs chesed. He needs only kindness. That's why people put on their own dead with, uh, with uh, suits and this. He needs chesed. He needs, needs linen. That's all I did. I, I, I thought that you couldn't wear garments made of the blend, no. the chok, whatever. Your shatnas, very good. Right. But in the temple, it was allowed. Very good, yeah. But in certain cases, it was allowed. Inside the temple, that's why the coin, right? He couldn't leave the temple with this because he would disobey the law. Only in the temple, only when he sells. Is there a difference between evil and, and impurity? Impurity. That's what it says also. God will remove the impurity from the earth or the world. It's the same thing. It's all I the like same. the word impurity, I think, better. Oh, yeah. Listen, if you like the word impurity, <laughs> you can put it in your book. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against it, but it's the same idea. There is many levels. I mean, if there is... In today's world, if there is, if there is a face, there is a back. You understand? Everything is a, another side. Today, good and bad is a combination. I always tell people. Two sides of the same coin. Yeah, if Berkowitz Cuban said they had a good ear, what does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> if the hospital said a good ear. If the lawyer had a good ear, what does this mean? I mean, almost every job, the good and bad are inter intertwined. But the Moshiach will come and be pure good, be no evil whatsoever. Be good for the sake of good. Well, that's not necessarily Maimonides' view, right? It's not Maimonides' view. Otherwise, what, what, what Maimonides says? The world will be the same. Really? Tell me. I know that. I know. <laughs> first, first of all... Two stages, right? Uh, one second, one second. Okay. It will be the second stage will be resurrection of the dead. Is this a normal world? Supernatural. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you, is this a normal uh, world? Resurrection is supernatural. Uh -huh. That even Maimonides agrees <laughs> that in the final stage of the coming of Moshiach, it's not going to be a normal world, right? <laughs> The question is when it's going to start. First of all, my mind is says like it's be a normal world. It will just be peace in the world. Really, very normal. <laughs> it's bigger, it's easier to resurrect people from the dead than to bring peace. If you think about it, it's easier to, to revive dead than make peace a bit. Peace in the world? Two people can again get along. People cannot get along with themselves. You want to do peace in the world. Yeah, I know this my what my mind is but the accepted accepted opinion is like Nachmanides when it comes to this issue. And then it's going to be that Maimonides was he saying is he says it doesn't have to be a miracle right away. It could be naturally. But he didn't outlaw the idea that cannot be. You understand what I'm saying? He says we don't know how it's going to be, right? Maimonides says we don't know how it's going to be when it's going to be. He says it doesn't have to be miracles. That's only what he says. It's not a must. But he doesn't say it cannot be. And he says it's going to be a miraculous way. But no matter what, the, the final stage, stage, resurrection of the dead is for sure not a normal thing. In any case, we'll go back to the text. Yeah, yeah, continue. 
They shall have, I think we are number 18, right? They shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen breeches on their loins. They shall not gird themselves with anything that causes sweat. Oh, they not have any sweat. That's one of the reasons for no, for no, for no wall. Wall makes you sweat. Linen is light. See, Corey was right. No sweat. The other, the other opinion says that we should not gird themselves. The girdle should not be, you should not put on the belt. You know, for prayers we put on a belt. Jews, the belt should not, the coins, it comes from the coins, you used to have a belt. The belt should not be too high where you're sweating or too low where you're sweating. It should be right in between. That's what the meaning is. It's two meanings to this line. One is you shouldn't wear any wool because wool makes you sweat. The other one, you shouldn't put on the belt in a part of your body where you sweat. Okay. Continue. When they, when they go out into the outer court, even into the outer court to the people, they shall take off the clothes in which they minister and place them in the holy chambers, and they shall put on other clothes, lest they consecrate the people through contact with their clothing. He said if they go out with their clothing, they will touch other people and they become impure. It's complicated. They leave the clothing in the temple and then they go out. Okay, Corey, continue. They must not shave their heads nor let their hair grow long. Oh, they will not shave their head. But not that it's too good, too long. Not shave the heads is understood. Why not? Why not shave the heads? That's what a lot of the pagans do. The pagans used to do it. A karachat, you know, the way the people do, now the skinhead type of thing, mm -hmm. used to be a way of idol worshipping. Mm. Why not have long ear? Nazarite. Yeah, why it makes a lot. Nazarite had long ear. Why do they think that they're girls? Think to the girls, we are not afraid of it. <laughs> Why not long hair? What do you think? Long nails is a. You ever saw religious choice with long nails? Long hair? Why not? Because long hair, what is the easiest part to cut in your body? To cut nails. Mm -hmm. What does this mean? The most dead part of your body is your ears and your nails. Why when we go out from a cemetery or we come from back from a funeral, we wash the end? Because you're coming to a place with the impurity, the spirit of death is there. Where is it this attaching to you? In the nails. And the most dead part of you. That's why, because again, giving the, mo the moment you have long nails or long ears, you're giving the yenika, you're giving the, the impurities a place to hold on to. Therefore, you don't have long hair and you don't have long nails. And we just thought they didn't like hippies. But how does that, with the Nazarites? With oh, with the, the Nazarites is, Nazarite is, is, is a different life of level of holiness that he sanctified his life. And, and it's, is he taking a risk? Judaism never loved the Nazarite. That if somebody wants to become a, a holy, you give him the opportunity. But it's not something that is encouraged. The other question is, what's with the beard? Right. How is it long, long beards? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're so long. It says someplace you wouldn't, you won't clip and cut the edges. You're right. Or... It's written in this parsha that you should, in parsha temo, it's written, you shouldn't shave your beard because the beard 
is chesed. The beard is the, the so to speak, from the face, reflecting the face of God. That the beard represents the 13 attributes of mercy. If somebody wants to have success in business, he should grow a beard. I knew a guy, a very famous uh, businessman in California. Business went bad. I told him he should grow a beard. He grew a beard, and I, I think he got things will get a little better there. <laughs> Then uh, other story for a guy who his, his daughter got sick and the whole thing and the rabbi told him he should go his beard, should bring new blessings. It's a, it's a new channel of blessing. In any case, I'm not in the campaign to encourage you to grow beards, but I'm just telling <laughs> you. Then they shouldn't have long hair, but they shouldn't shave the head. The same, the, the two sides. What should they do? No priest may drink wine when he enters the inner court. Mm-hmm. They shall not marry a widow or a divorced woman, only a virgin of the seed of the house of Israel or a widow of a priest. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Here is a little different what's written in the Bible. What's written in the Bible? A regular priest cannot marry a divorced woman, but he can marry a widow. Only a high priest cannot marry a widow. Here it's written that there is all many explanations what it means, and now what we're not going to into it, how you learn this, but that's what is written here. Now comes... So, so why are the rules different for the third time? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why they wanted... It was a point they didn't want Ezekiel to include it in the, in the Bible, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Until came, what's his name? Hananiah ben, ben... was a guy, one of the rabbis said that he will... He will try, they, they put him in an in a edict and he, try, and he explained everything in the book of Ezekiel. Well, because they wanted to cancel the book of Ezekiel because there are things in the book of Ezekiel that looks like that and they're contradicting the Bible. Or they are not. That's how you translate yeah, it. Why in the second temple didn't they follow Ezekiel's? Ezekiel's the second yeah. temple was, you know... Because they didn't know there would be a third temple at that time, right? <laughs> why the public... I think it's very hard to understand what Ezekiel means exactly. That's why. To build a temple according to Ezekiel would be very hard. And it was too contradicting probably to the laws in the Bible and the laws the way the first temple was created. Therefore, they did things like with Ezekiel, but not only. That's what the, my mother decides. But here comes the real job of the coins. What's the real job of the coins? We spoke before. Number 23. 1175, number 23. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the common and show them how to discern between the unclean and the clean. They should teach Ben Kodesh Lechol. They should teach the Jews what is holy and what is not holy. In the Bible, when you read the book of Leviticus, you almost, what is the best job of the coins? To go to the temple, to serve in the temple? You don't hear what, what's the other job. Here, the prophets, they spelled it out big time, what is expected of the coins. Where is one place in the Bible in the five books of Moses that he says what the job of the Levites? Where is it? There's one is, place it does right. It's Judges or whatever? Leviticus. No, yeah. No, what in Leviticus? What, what, what? That would be in general. No, you're too general. No, it's actually in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 17 is the Judges, right? Judges? Would leave you on page 1037. Number eight, Tulevi. Go ahead. 
Doido. Tulevi, he said, your Urim and Thummim belong to your pious one. Don't worry, continue. continue you tested continue. him at Masa and contended with him at the waters of dispute. Continue. Will not explain. That he was the one who said of his father and mother, I do not see them, not recognizing brother or child. They thus kept your word and safeguarded your covenant. Okay, now number 10. That's the important one. They shall? They shall therefore teach your law to Jacob and your Torah to, to Israel. Israel. They should teach the law to Jacob and the Torah to Israel. Right. That's the only clear place, if I would, if, if I would, I recall. I mean, I, can, I might be wrong. I was wrong about many things. And just last week I was wrong about something. I told, I told you that the, that the, that the Shabbos is a, is, a, is a sign. It's written in the Torah. It's written actually in the book of uh, Exodus. Obviously, I can make many more mistakes. We, we won't tell Marion, don't worry. <laughs> what do you mean a sign? Huh? What do you mean it's written? What Remember you, it's probably what did you say? Don't worry about it. Oh yeah. Was it part no, of no, 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 it was on, on Tuesday night I said it. Oh, it's a sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Last Tuesday I'm saying. I thought it's only the after it's written really. Later I checked it, it's written right here in the in the book of Exodus. Then here he says that to teach the children the, the Torah. But it's the only place it's written clearly. Also not so clear. It's like in the Aftorah, Ezekiel makes it very clear. The job that Ami Yoru, they teach my people the difference between holy and, 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 and mundane, between pure and, and, and impure, they should teach them. And then he continues. Continue. In controversy, number 24. Oh, they are to going the, back yeah, to back 1175, yes. In, in a controversy, they shall act as judges and they shall judge it according to my ordinances. They shall observe my laws and my statutes in all my appointed times, and they shall maintain the holiness of my Sabbaths. The they should, that he speaks about judging the right judges. They should teach my laws and my, and my statutes. They should sanctify my, protect my holidays and sanctify my Shabbat. And there is one more place, at least I can recall one, um, the Aftorah of Kisiftei uh, Cohen. Oh, here it is. I found it. Thank God. 1075. It's from the book of uh, Micha, I think. Malachi. The prophet Malachi speaks about the last line in the Aftorah. He speaks about the priest. Priest's lips should keep knowledge, and men should seek the Torah from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Yeah. The priest should keep lips should keep knowledge. And everybody, men should seek the Torah from his mouth, from the mouth of the priest. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Mm -hmm. Tell me what then what happened? What happened? Priest blew it. Here's a coin. Yeah. Here's a Levi. You're a coin, a Levi? Nothing. Maybe next week. <laughs> Maybe next life. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, didn't follow the, the laws. Did so somebody ask me, the other, somebody fighting tells me, I have a question. I said, What's the question? He said, What happened to the priest? Why? How the rabbis came around? The, the priest blew it. What means they blew it? What they did? They created uh, an elite group. Yeah, they, they were teaching Torah only to their own. Mm -hmm. No people. 
Coin, Todisan, and they say, the cousins. The rest of the Jews, not my problem. They're very undemocratic. Undemocratic, <laughs> they didn't teach. Well, I, I, they were was, lazy. Or weren't yeah, they also just taking, taking <laughs> a lot of things like... Uh, taking is one thing, but they didn't teach. Talking about the main job to go around and teach Torah, the coins didn't fulfill their job. Actually, Ezra, the priest, in the beginning of the Sanhedrin Temple, was a Kohen who was teaching Torah. But later, it became the rabbis. You see, to be a Kohen, your father has to be a Kohen. To be a Levi, your father has to be a Levi. To be a rabbi, your father has to be a nothing. You <laughs> <laughs> can even have no father from our point of view. But the, 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 everything was more accessible to more people later on. I mean, you know, it was... That's what I'm saying. The, the, it was ex the rabbis, Jews, Jew, just Jewish people, became teachers, leaders, they learned Torah, and they took upon themselves the job of the coins because the coins didn't do it. So what's their authority they, to do it then? If, if the Bible gives the authority to the, to the Levine... Uh, How is a regular Jew allowed to teach Torah? Hmm. I'll tell you. First of all, it's... <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> In Judaism, the, you're right. First of all, that's from the, the practical point of view. We have to learn Torah. If you will not do it, I'll do it. If you will not do it, they will do it. No such thing as number one. The obligation is where is the obligation to teach Torah? Where is the, the parents uh, in, in Deuteronomy six? Deuteronomy you six. Teach it to your children and you know, when you walk by the way, when you yeah. <laughs> wherever that is. I don't know. You should teach it in plural. The first paragraph is, in, is a singular. Yeah. The second paragraph is plural. To teach it to all children, not just to your own children. That's written in the second paragraph of Shema. That we have all an obligation to teach Torah. We didn't get permission from the Kohens. The Kohens got the obligation, got the privilege to be empowered by God to teach the, the, the rest of the Jewish people. If they failed, if they blew it, have a nice day. We need to continue to teach Torah. The Talmud says, Mamzer Talmit Chochem Kodem Lekoen Gadol Amaretz. You know what a Mamzer is? A Mamzer, right? A Mamzer who is a scholar comes before a high priest who is an ignorant. What does this mean? Bottom line, I will teach Torah in this place. Who is going to give over Judaism to the next generation? A Kohen Gadoli might wear the nice clothing and he's from the very nice family and his great grandfather was Aaron, all nice and fine and cute and beautiful. But we need the next, who is the next rabbi? That's what we want to know. Who is going to teach Torah to the next generation? It's not who is the next rabbi. Who will teach Torah to the next generation? That's what counts. So the rabbis uh, developed to fulfill this, this gap, this need. I mean, the rabbi, I mean, the rabbi Akiva. I mean, it goes way back that they were rabbis. Yeah, but Rabbi Kiva was after when, the destruction of the Second Temple. But when did this, in the when, middle of when the Second did, so Temple. So when did this? When did this? The rabbinical movement uh, started. When was it generated? In the middle. In the middle of the Second Temple. Right. When started Tanaim, right, right. Hillel and Shammai, they were in the middle right, of the Second right, Temple. Right, 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 right. Right, right there. What's the a little after Chonia, Meagel. Huh? What's the difference between the sages, like in Perkei Avot, and the rabbis? Are they the same? The same thing. Same thing. The sages. They were the early rabbis, if you want. Right. 
But with the rabbis, any whoever became knowledgeable could teach. Anybody. Before, you had to be descended. Of the coins, so to speak. Yeah, if you wanted to be authority, it switched, no? That's the whole point, because they didn't do the job, or they just picked up their responsibility. But if they would have done the job, you wouldn't have had so many troubles with the weaknesses of the... And what, because they didn't do the job, they got into politics and they were fighting about the priesthood and they bought it for money and it was Torah's Torah's from, from the old right. coin business. Right. But somehow the knowledge, the literature that existed had to have become more accessible for, to for more people. people. To more people in general. Could, could be, or could be, ever point, I mean, could be, could be, could be it was a... It was when, when the Torah was translated to Greek, maybe when... They started to write down more things. It's also, it becomes, it's like periods of time. The whole time of sages with such great rabbis, it's like, we don't have this, this level of greatness today in the world. There is always like the Hasidic movement came 200 years ago, 250 years ago, became Hasidic rabbis in, in with holy people who made miracles. It was a whole period of time. Now, there is no rabbis anymore, no real big rabbis. There is many Hasidim, but not rabbis. Well, but there was the rabbi, that's only a short... The rabbi is the last one of all these dynasty from the Baal Shem Tov. There's, no, there's no line after the rabbi? No, we're still looking for him. He won the job. <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified. You are the Kohen. <laughs> well, that was the difference between the teaching, right? The Masig, what's it called, Masigim, the Masagdim? It's Nagdim, They yeah. didn't really want to teach the, uh, the rest You're of right. the people. It was even, even these two attitudes was always in the Jewish people. Bet Shammai and Bet Bet Shammai said, we will teach only the elite. Bet Yilel said, we'll teach everybody. Rabban Gamliel was removed from, after Bet Shammai and Bet Yilel, Rabban Gamliel was removed from his, leader, from, from his position. Rabbi Elazar ben Azai opened the yeshiva, 800 benches were filled with this. It was always, always, always this, this fight between teaching Torah to everyone, and cheapening the Torah, so to speak, or keeping it to an elite group. It's not only the Koreans. Between the world of the rabbis, there's always this, this fight. The rabbis view, teach Torah to everyone, go out everywhere, teach them. Oh no, we can't teach Torah to this guy, it's not only enough. But that's the stuff today, too. That's, I mean, look at the Chabad. That's, that's Chabad, is, Chabad is base Hillel, Chabad is, is uh, all the way to the beginning. Teach Torah to every Jew, absolutely. Yeah. Like Hillel the older. And, and yet there are, people, there are factions of Judaism that say, look what they're doing. Absolutely. They are from Bet Shammai. They are the coins, the angry coins. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they are good coins too. You are from the Tzadok family. You are from the Tzadok family. I have family. no idea where I'm from. <laughs> I, I should be so lucky. When there was a printing press, after the... Sure. You could print then... That changed the world. And the Everyone could read it. You didn't need a right. Sadik or anything else. I mean, if you had the desire so brought and the, the world, you brought the journals back right. in the day. And today, and today, it's the Internet. The Internet teaches Torah to everyone. Sure. You go on the Internet, you can learn Torah all your life without never meeting a rabbi. Mm-hmm. You can have so many rabbis on the Internet, too many. Right. 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 Back Torah. then, you could only stand in the marketplace when someone read a scroll. You're right. That You're was right. it. You know, not many of the Halakha <laughs> rabbis. I mean, then the ones in Chalapa, that, that other 
Yeah, when plenty, he, like, in yeah, yeah, level above. There is plenty on the internet. I'm telling you. Really? Plenty of rabbis. But you can't plenty. find a lot of... I can find them. Plenty, plenty. <laughs> I'll talk to you about oh, it. <laughs> it. There are more, more, also a lot of what is in Hebrew. Well, not so much in Hebrew. Okay, let's continue. We have a number um, 25, I think. They shall not. They shall not defile themselves by going near a dead person, except for a father, a mother, a son, or a daughter, or a brother, or an unmarried sister, for whom they may defile themselves. Why, the, why, why there is exception to the rules? If you cannot defile, you cannot defile. Why you cannot def why defile for your family? Because your family is a part of you. It's a part of the same soul. Okay, we'll continue. After he is cleansed, they shall count for him seven days. On the day that he goes into the sanctuary, into the inner court, to minister in the sanctuary, he shall offer his sin offering, says God the Lord. Okay, continue. This shall be their inheritance. I am their inheritance, and you shall give them no possession in Israel. I am their possession. I am the possession. The, co the Kohen and the Levi did not have a possession. God is their possession. The goal was... If they don't have a possession, they don't have a field to work for, they're not farmers, they will go around and teach Torah. That was purposely made. Go ahead. They shall eat the meal offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering, and every devoted thing in Israel shall be theirs. The first of all the first fruits, and every heave offering of all your offerings shall belong to the priests. You shall also give the priest the first of your dough, that you may cause a blessing to rest on your house. You give if you give the priest the door, you will have a blessing in your house. You know, people the ideas of charity. You say, I'll give charity, I'll give charity, you'll have more blessing in your house. The more you give, the more you have. And if you want to ask somebody who said it, it was a, a very famous Jew in Cleveland, his name was Irving Stone. And he said, the more you give, the more you get. Continue. The priest. the priest shall not eat of anything that dies of itself or is torn, whether it is bird or beast. Very good. Shkoyach, my friend. 